passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. (laughs) Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Do you think, Adam, that there's anything that Silas could have done to have saved his job? And we're only going through this now because it's, you know, we're, we're going to move on eventually and, and talk about the future. But just while we're on it, is there anything that he could have done in a situation like this to have saved his job? Or is this was this sort of transition, whoever the coach was going to be, kind of seemed like maybe set up to fail? No, I don't think so. I, I've, I've kind of wondered that myself. Um, I just they knew what they were going to be. And when you have Rafael Stone telling people within the organization that it's a miracle if we get to 25 wins this year, then what's the coach supposed to do? Like if, if, if he gets to 26 wins, are we are we throwing him a parade and in, in, in extending the contract at that point? Uh, everything I know, it sounded like um, the, the uh, you know, they started off the season two and 12. But I don't think as an organization they were disappointed by the two and 12 because they started it was such a brutal schedule to start the year where they're starting i think they played 10 of their first 13 games on the road they were playing against really good teams to start i mean that's impossible for for a group that's this young to succeed under those circumstances so they start the year 2 and 12 but then they had that really good stretch uh right around thanksgiving where they beat uh atlanta and oklahoma city on a back to back they got they they beat Phoenix a couple of times. They beat the Sixers. It was they around the time. It was around the time we started the podcast. Yeah, yeah. So so they're they're sitting at nine and eighteen. I got they they're starting at nine and eighteen in the middle of December, and they'd actually won like I think it was like eight of twenty games. Which again, not great. You're not like you know hanging banners for that, but where you consider where this team has been, that's pretty damn good. But then there was the stretch, middle of December really up until the all-star break where they just, they just piled up losses. And so I'm trying to do this math in my head, which never goes well. They were nine and 18 after beating Phoenix on December 13th. Uh, They basically from that point until 
um, March 4th, when they won that back-to-back against Memphis, they were 13 and 49. So I just said nine and 18, they were 13 and 49. So that's what four and 31. Does that sound right? Yeah. So they, so they won four out of 35 games from that point on. And so that was it from there. And I think that by that point, I know he had lost Tillman Fertitta. I think Tillman Fertitta was probably done with Silas long ago, but they just let him kind of hang on the rest of the season. I don't think they thought we've talked about this. I don't think they thought there was any point to making a coaching change during the season. So that stretch, that four and 35 stretch from the middle of December through the end of February is basically where I think that if he was going to save his job, they would have had a little bit more success during that stretch, but that basically sealed his fate. Though I, I do think that they had kind of decided long ago that he was not going to be the coach for them moving forward. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun if you're like us then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call each week on alternate routes we'll take a flashpoint in sports break down what actually happened then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus yeah, I'm with you there. I think that's that's pretty clear. Um, the, I know the story they published in the Athletic today mentioned that you know they by the time uh, you know we all remember that his father passed in December. By the time that that had happened, it seemed like they had decided that they were going to keep him throughout the season, or at least that's according to the Athletic um, earlier on Sunday in a report. But I I just feel like there's there's nothing that you know it was always going to be that this was going to be kind of the 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 fall guy maybe if that's the right way to put it um, yes yeah, somebody had to take the hit yeah somebody they had lose, to... they they lose they, they lost 60 games in back-to-back seasons had they played 82 games that first year they would have lost 60 games then too so you know you can't just bring the whole brain trust back after losing essentially having three straight 60 lost seasons that's how it is that's the business yeah yeah and and, and never mind never mind the fact that <laughs> You know, I, I mentioned the whole point guard thing about Kevin Porter Jr., but also pointing out it's not just you got a guy trying to learn how to play point guard, but you got a lot of players, and we've mentioned this before, young players trying to learn how to play in the NBA just in general. But then they were without said point guard and their best player for 20 games throughout mm-hmm. the year. You know, it just it just seems like a really, really bad deal. I, I wonder, I honestly wonder uh, if, if we could, if I could inject truth serum into Steven Silas just for a moment, just to just to know, hey, are you are you actually relieved? You know, there's got to be a lot, a, a great deal of relief, even though there's probably some level of uh, and I know he said he was proud of everything whenever he talked to, to the media. But there's got to be some level of, you know, wishing that this did not go this way exactly. But I also wonder if he's relieved to not have to. You know, since he is the fall guy to not have to deal with the fall anymore now that now that it's over. But I also find, like, I don't think there's anything he could have done to save his job, Adam, but I also find it 
a little bit, I don't know if ironic is the right word that I'm looking for, but interesting at least that, you know, the team that they're looking to become very soon is a team that he probably could coach a lot better. Mm -hmm. Like one that's like, let's take, you know, dream hypothetical for Rockets fan. Let's just dream for a second here. Let's say they get Victor Wimbledon or even Scoop. You know, who? Let, let's say they get a guy that you really like. Name that guy, whoever you are, fan, and fantasize for a second. Let's say they get that guy, and Jalen Green is in year three. Jabari Smith is in year two. Alfred Shingoon is in year three. Kevin Porter Jr. Ha- has evolved and developed as, the, as a player. And you insert Steven Silas into a situation like that, and I feel like he does a lot better. I feel like the one that he could potentially – have gotten or have been in this coming year is one that he would have potential in thriving in. It's just something that we obviously will never know and and won't get the answer to. But it's funny to me that the job that he probably is more cut out for is the one that's about to open up. Well, that's why I think that he is probably not relieved. And I think that he's probably incredibly disappointed as he, you know, sits here on this Sunday night, because I do think that he, and you could see it towards the end of the year. I mean, you could see just the talent and he, you know, he had to do the, I guess the real heavy lifting of trying to nurse this group through and he doesn't get to see the other side of it. And so I think that, you know, whoever steps into this job um, is walking into what is a pretty good job. You're you're walking into a great deal of talent. Uh, You're walking, that's already on the roster. You're walking into a team that has $60 million in cap space. You're walking into a team that has a 50, 50 chance of landing a a top four pick in the draft. I mean, that's, that's a really good job. Uh, And so uh, I think that he is probably really bummed out because this was his chance. And I think that had he been given another year, another two years, then you're looking at a completely different situation. If he would not have taken this job, let's say he stays in Dallas. Or, you know, let, let's say he just stays in the assistant role with another team and this job becomes open. Let me tell you something. Who's the first guy that's probably getting interviewed for this job? It's probably Steven Silas. And now all of a sudden this job is, looks a whole lot better today than it did when he first took it. So, I mean, it, it's life is so much about timing. Um, he got the timing wrong on this one. You know, he was a finalist for, for the Rockets job when they hired Mike D'Antoni. Had he taken over as James Harden is in the middle of his prime and happy in Houston and they had all that cap space and, you know, his career might look a whole lot different than it does today. So, I mean, timing really is everything.